All right. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Zillennial Theory. Theory with Zay and Marley. Is y'all smooth and perfect that way? That was really good, guys. That, that was, was like our sixth take. Sixteenth mm-hmm. take. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> well, we're glad to be back with you guys. Um, yeah, it's been a great week. It has been a great week. And um, very busy. And we're, we're, we're gonna say we forgot to say we're reporting you from the afterlife. Oh yes, we are. We are greeting you from the afterlife. Yes, uh-huh. Marley has, um, or I, Marley. <laughs> I'm talking in third person. Um, you know, I died some ch- heroic death and yes. um, saved like 17 billion people, like the whole billion planet. People. But anyway, Girl, we are like 10 billion more people than we have on Earth. That's how heroic she is. Yeah, I saved people <laughs> from the future. <laughs> She saved souls that aren't even here. Lord, okay. Well, I did coke, and it was a little too much. He had an overdose. It okay, was, that's how you died, really? Yeah, it was, it was a bit of a mess, but uh, let's get right into things. If you're if you're wondering why we're talking about um, all this stuff, it's because we're going to talk about the afterlife. The afterlife. Yes. So they're like, why are you guys just diving into death? Okay. We're not crazy. Yeah, not that bad. All right, anyway. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so let's get into things. Okay, so um, yesterday, as we all know, <laughs> was the Super Bowl. Yes, the um, Super Bowl. I did you watch? I did. I oh, absolutely did? yeah. I watched the oh. whole thing. I was like, "Bay, look, you got this fat ass screen up in here." I haven't seen a good Super Bowl game in a couple of years, so I was definitely excited about this. And also, shout out to Bay. He cooked for me chicken steak, Where's veggies. Beans. Oh, it was so good. Oh, I love that he can cook so well. In my face. Oh, I'm sorry, baby. I'm sorry, baby. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. That's good. Go ahead. I love, I love you guys. We'll save um, you a plate next time. <laughs> Either way, um, <laughs> let's get it straight. I did not watch Super Bowl. I Why? Was first, Girl, I don't watch my damn sports. Oh, my God. <laughs> you guys should sports. see him playing with his hair. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> I love God. it. I God. love it. Here's what I did. I didn't watch any sports. I, I know that... Um. The only thing I always see, I'm, I don't, I, I would not be able to tell you who performed, who played the Super Bowl any of these last years, but I do know that Madonna performed in 2012, Beyonce was 2013, Bruno Mars was 2014, 2015 was Katy Perry, 2016 was Coldplay with Beyonce and Bruno. Oh. And then 2017, I believe, was, was that Maroon 5 or Justin Timberlake? Oh, yeah, it was, oh, yeah, it was Maroon 5. And then, and then, and then this year in 2020, these two Latina queens, yes. J-Lo and Shakira, fucking killed it. Yes. I loved their yeah. set. Um, well, first of all, let's get into it. The Chiefs, it was the Chiefs versus the 49ers. Yes, and I'm, I'm from California, so I was kind of, like, shooting for, like, the Niners, but then... What, so what city are the 49ers? Uh, San, San Francisco. San Francisco 49ers. Okay, so um, I was kind of, like, wanting to go for them. Like, mm, it's going to be a great game. Let's go, Cali, this and that. But then I, know, I don't know why, but, like, oh, God, I guess I could tell you guys some really creepy stuff. I was, like, well, as soon as the game came on, and I was, like, I don't know what team I'm going to go for. And then as yeah. soon as I said that, the the player that I saw, his last name was Williams, and he had the number 26, which is the day of my I'm birthday. And serious? I was, like, okay, well, I guess I'm going for the Chiefs. And sure enough, they won. Ooh, ooh. That's literally how I decided how I was going to go for who I was rooting for. 
And the chiefs did a really good job. Like, I know somebody who's, like, I know a couple really good chief, like, or um, big chief fans. And, um... What city are they? Oh, Kansas City. Kansas City. Um, Um, According to Trump, Kansas is a, uh... Kansas is a uh, is a is a state. Kansas is a state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what about it? Kansas City is the capital, but Kansas is a state. <laughs> well, did I just wait? Yeah, you just said Kansas ain't a state. Kansas City is. A- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm confused. Okay, I heard I that he was um the was like Missouri though. It is Missouri. Yeah, but Kansas is still a state. You know, from the Wizard of Oz. I was going to say, what is the word to be Oh, God. This is just really bad. I want to wipe this whole segment. Listen, let's get into... Okay, first of all, the only thing thing I was going to say... Wait, I was going to say, because Trump had tweeted something about, like, the game, I guess. Uh But it was, like, before the game had even ended. And he was, like, congratulating the Chiefs on their comeback. And, like... Didn't they win? A great... Yeah, they did. Uh But this was before they won. Mm -hmm. Like, halftime. He is and Kansas is in a state. <laughs> Kansas is a state. Okay. But all I was going to say is, um, uh, do you know who, this is going to be really shallow. I can't believe I said that. Dear I God. Only, I only care about the halftime show. But the 49ers QB, his name is Joe. Do you know, I showed you him. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> he deserves to win just for looking like he looks. Nah, nah. No. Um, what was his name? What the was the... QB Oh, no. he was cute. No, sorry. Uh, Can't do it. Babe, Either don't way, listen. JLo and Shakira killed it. To this episode. Um, Shakira opened it with She I didn't Wolf. mean it. With She Wolf. Did you see her? Stop. There's a She Wolf in the I sound just though. like her. Shakira? Yeah. Let me eat a little more horsey. Okay, I'm just stop. But I will say that I love JLo. I JLo really killed it. Yeah. To be a 50 year old woman. Oh my god, so you guys! I've been raving J-Lo. about hustlers for like her. since that shit came out. I swear, I watch it. I've watched it. I think three times already. Dang. Yeah. Ever since it's I saw good. Hustlers, I fell in love with JLo. Mm-hmm. For her to be that old, 50 is not old, but it's you know it's up there. Yeah. No, She's she is representing girls half her age. A girl. So like we way better than me what? for show, and I'm literally half her age. <laughs> At 25. Better so. Than I could ever do it. Even in my mom's kitten heels and a wig. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your mom's J-Lo. kitten heels. <laughs> JLo's killing it. She is. JLo's killing it, and that was amazing. And I love the halftime show, and I would say I do love the part where she brought out that Puerto Rican flag and mm. started singing Born in the USA. Yeah. Because she's trying, I think that was a message to Trump. Mr. Build a Wall, uh-huh. and he's trying to make it seem like there are others. She's also letting you know that this is our country too, right? And we right. contributed to it. I love it. Was it was amazing. And it was good. That was a that was a dope ass jacket too. It was really was. Oh, it was. And her daughter came out. There I know she had baby girls sing in the Super Bowl. What an experience! How Let's awesome would that have been? Is that our Let's get loud. But honestly, God, get um, it was a really great show, and I think for these two Latino women, especially in a city like Miami. Um, to put on that. Oh yeah, show. they they sh- was turning they up. Definitely showed out. They were turning like, up I'm for sure. I'm 100 here for it. That was amazing. It was good. So that was All my little, awesome. Uh, yeah, rundown of the halftime show, not the game. If you want to find out about that nonsense, you better go okay. go to ESPN. <laughs> not here. <laughs> All right.
right, so we're going to dive into today's topic of the day. Um, <laughs> uh, we're talking about the afterlife, guys. So I don't know why or like what intrigued us to like want to dive into this, but I feel like there's so so much mystery behind like what happens when we die that I None would of us like. No, only dead people. Only dead people know. But then I was like, dang. But do they? People die and they come back. I actually. One of my uh, friends back in, like, middle school, he told me he died and he came back. He, like, he overdosed on, like, too many this pills. <laughs> yeah, he was, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I mean, there are those stories of people who were declared medically dead, but then they came back and then they have stories about... What? About the afterlife. experiences and going to these places with colors they've mm-hmm. never seen and things that they can never describe mm-hmm. to us. Which, of course, makes me pissed because it's, like, why can't I be in part of the club? Well, because you need to open up that chakra that, you know what? I've got something for you. I'm going to teach you how to do it. No. (laughs) (laughs) You can do it organically. You don't have to use any uh, Coke. But but, I think maybe it's because of the events of January. You know, we did have. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, After we lost Kobe Kobe and and that was like, dang, okay. So let's kind of. That was kind of look into what happens you know what's what's next for them if depending on you know the different beliefs and things Mm -hmm. like that i just feel like it would be really cool to dive into that so get it from a pretty well at least for me it was gonna be looking into things from a fairly ancient perspective because i feel like nowadays we're in a very it's always been so interesting to me to try to decipher how the ancients and those who came before us looked at death because um, I feel like they just had very, very crazy ways of interpreting it. It was all very, very like spiritual to them. So yeah. I'm like, I think I'm very interested in that sort of thing. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. So um, I'm going to be looking into, well, I looked into um, some beliefs from ancient Egyptians. Ooh. Because we know they have a really, really big um, spiritual, um, well... I don't know spiritual outlook. Most definitely spiritual, spiritual beliefs. I yeah, most ancient people were very spiritual. Mm-hmm. That was way more than we like are today. Yeah, um, and it was their way of explaining things. I mean, you have the pyramids of Giza, which are huge, huge things, and mm-hmm. that's literally just the tombs of ancient pharaohs. Right. So right. if you really think about it, that's like a really fascinating point to come at it. But mm-hmm. so yeah, um, so I just kind of looked up a couple things, found out that you know. Um, you know, ancient Egyptians believed in eternal life, of course, um, which is rebirth of the soul. Um, and they have what you call the duat, um, which is an underworld that had only one entrance and could be reached by traveling through the tomb of the deceased. Whoa. So if that doesn't say. So somebody's tomb, they could find a way to the duat. Yes, the uh-huh. tomb of the deceased. Wow. Interesting, mm-hmm. right? All right, there's more. <laughs> so after dying, pretty much your soul was presented to Os- uh, Osiris, which was both the god of fertility and the underworld. Okay. And he was pretty much the one to deem whether or not you would have an ideal afterlife, which is, um, you know, I don't know, the a great life like, the life that you lived prior to dying, pretty mm. much, I would assume. Um, it's basically right. deciding if you're if you're a shitty person or a good person. Yeah, mm. yeah. His fate, your your fate is pretty much in his hands no, because he's not biased. Um, hopefully, in your case, I mean, for uh, you, for your <laughs> sake, no. 
<laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. All right. So um, just a little bit about like what happens um, or like some of the general. Are, your foot is on my foot. I'm sorry. I thought that was your <laughs> I thought that was your seat. Oh, my God. You get on my nerves. <laughs> Okay, so um, the last resting place um, was pretty much the uh, burial site of whoever had died, tomb, whatever. Um, and for that person, it was usually constructed during their life by them before they died. So I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. So they're like, they're 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 getting their shit ready for you know the next life. Prepared, yeah. <laughs> like while you're still alive, I feel like that would be kind of weird though thinking I mean, about it because it's like. Writing like a will, though. Right. I mean, yeah, but I feel like if you're you're constructing it while you're still alive, I feel like you're like anticipating death. Like, so that's like not afraid, like not afraid of it. You you can't be afraid of it if you're preparing for like, you know, you're like if I was to like be dying or, you know, on my way to the afterlife, the afterlife. And like I'm, I'm like 15 years old, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna put this in here because, um, like, okay, I found this really, really cute bracelet, and I know I'm gonna want it for next life. Let me go put it, you know, in my <laughs> together, tomb. Together. Like, I just feel like I don't know. I also feel like maybe the people who are constructing tombs, I feel like it, it was class based. Oh no, no, no! Yes, it definitely yeah, so was. It's going to be, yeah, I think, probably wealthier, mostly men mm-hmm. of a higher status. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they could construct for their families and stuff. So I don't think it would be like a fifteen-year-old girl who was probably. Well, what if her dad was the pharaoh? Oh, that that's true. That's true. But maybe he's deciding more so than she is, because a fifteen-year-old woman might have been married in those days, right? She would have well, been a woman, and like, I don't know. Married. I don't know. I just, I just feel like it would be like we're just, you know, preparing, you know, throughout your life for the afterlife. But it sounds like actually something that would be very handy, you know. (laughs) So anyway, um, I just thought that was interesting. I'd bring it up. Um, Usually, it's filled with a lot of things that reflect their status, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was pretty much. Uh, a lot of the artwork and stuff that was like in included on the walls and in the tombs and stuff were actually to guide the spirit once it's already died to the afterlife. So um, a lot so of it that, was like, like glyphics. Hyrog- yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so there was a lot of like coffin text um, that came from this um, this ancient text. It was called the Book of Two Ways, um, but it was like really the earliest manual of the afterlife. So they would inscribe these things um, or these um, texts from that book on the walls and stuff so that they were making sure that they were guiding themselves the right way to the afterlife. Oh, my God. Isn't that not weird? That is crazy. I I mean, it's super cool, but it's like, whoa, (laughs) like they were like, just in case I forget, turn right here at (laughs) turn right at the Grim Reaper's. Stop, make sure you don't turn left. If you turn left, you're definitely doomed. You know, oh Osiris God. is going to send your ass to hell. So, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, there was also a Book of the Dead, um, which also offered advice and protection and knowledge um, to the dead for, you know, their dwelling in the afterlife, which I was like, okay, cool. Um, so coffins were pretty much decorated with features that resembled the in- individual inside too. Although I feel like I was thinking about that too. I was like, all the like coffins and like the face and the artwork on stuff, I feel like they're very similar. Mm-hmm. Only thing that kind of defines like 
I was just looking over a couple of pictures. Like only thing that kind of defines um, or made the coffin, if you will, kind of different to me was like some of the things that they'd have on them. Like one would have like an emblem and uh, like a, or like a really big like um, just decoration. I'm trying to, I have yeah, a hard time I articulating think, think, what I want to say. I think no. basically <laughs> maybe they had a look the, but, that was ideal. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, yeah, that was, that never changed. But okay. I, I mean, when I was looking across it and reading into this stuff, it was like, yeah, they would always like, you know, make the face look like or resemble the person that was inside. But, and even then, I don't know if they, I'll have to dive into that a little bit more. But anyway, yes, so they'd have like, you know, if they had a bird, I, I think in um, ancient Egypt, like, a falcon kind of really resembled like protection and stuff like that so you can kind of you know go um based off of their status and things like that um a lot of that was included on the um coffins or what what have you and the tombs and all that so i was like okay i'll bring that up um what else okay so i did want to get into mummification yeah, i was gonna ask that question of course <laughs> because mummification is just really just a really cool process I learned after researching this, but it also just like, how did they come up with this concept or how did they know what to do and what, because some it's of what just like how far back today, does this right? go? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like, I, I don't know. But anyway, mummification is actually a process that takes about 70 days. Jesus. Yeah, so it's a really long process, but the Egyptians believe that in order to... Um, for the deceased to journey to the afterlife that their body needed to be preserved, which is mummified. Um, so, like I said, the mummification was about 70 days. Um, it would start by, you know, the um, dead body being washed and then the internal organs being removed. Um, so they would pretty much... In, uh, pretty much inserted an incision next to uh on, i think it was on the on the left side of the abdomen and um they'd remove the intestines liver lungs uh and the stomach and they all actually have special places for those things but the heart remained of course because um the egyptians believed that it was the center of emotion um and so the heart stayed uh, and it would be needed for the ex uh for the afterlife <laughs> yeah. So um, as long as you got your heart, okay. um, the brain was also removed with a hook through the nose. We all oh remember God, that yes. from learning Jesus. about that in school. Oh my God. Like what? I mean, how else would they get it how out? Well, she is the brain. They couldn't have got it from the mouth. Okay. <laughs> the energy is just. I don't, yeah. Yeah. Just let's not picture that. But all right. <laughs> so, of course, the brain was removed. And then the body and the internal organs were packed with uh, nitrons, uh, excuse me, nitron salt for about 40 days to remove the moisture. So they would dry out the organs and stuff. And just put them in salt, basically, which removes water. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and you know what? For a long time, they didn't, you know, just utilize sand. But, yeah, that's what sand was doing. And then they caught on and was like, oh, yeah, we just put this in there. And, yeah, anyway, that kind of evolved itself. They have itself. a lot of sand to work with. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> So that kind of evolved with it too. But um, so yeah, the internal organs were packed up. Uh, and then after that, uh, the organs were placed in the their own special like jars. And so um, 
they were lap, wrap, excuse me, wrapped in linen and placed into a canop, canopic, canopic jars. I'm gonna be doing. They were placed into that. jars. You <laughs> <laughs> were gonna say they were No, jars. they're they're special jars because um, <laughs> listen, the lid of each jar was shaped to represent each of Horus's four sons, and Horus is kind of like the god of kingship and. Um, in that culture, and that really culture, we'll say culture. Um, so anyway, the human, uh, there was one place in a human head, and that was um, M. Seti, uh, who is the guardian of the liver, okay? And then we would place the lungs with happy, H-A-P-Y, happy, um, which was, uh, he had a baboon head that, that well, he didn't have... <laughs> He's yeah. looking at me like well, a baboon head. Baboon. No, no. The 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 special lid mm-hmm. was shaped as a baboon head. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so that was the guardian of the lungs. And then we have Kwebe Senoff. Okay. He had a falcon head. Oh, he didn't have a falcon head. The jar had a falcon head, but it represented him. him. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he so was he a, was a god with a falcon head. Yes, pretty much. Yeah. All right. Um, and he was the guardian of the intestines. And then last but not least, we have Domatef, um, which was a jackal head. Um, and it was just, uh, just supposed to be the guardian of the stomach. So I everything like was seen, placed I've in that. I've seen all these things. I'm just, yeah. just now realizing what they mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they all, like, you know what? It's really cool about this whole thing, too, is that everything symbolizes something. Like I said, after doing research and stuff, I found out, like, falcons are kind of like the protectors and, like, they ward off snakes and stuff like that, you know? Oh. And so, like, okay, cool. I, I, I see how y'all did that. That was kind of cool. Did cats come up? I know they they have, have jackals for cats. No, I think cats were really like... These cats from... And I didn't do any research on this, but just from like my personal experience and like thinking about all the things that I've seen in regards to cats in the past, they're very spiritual um, yeah, beings. Yeah, they yeah. had a very high regard for like cats in yeah. Egypt. Yes, they, they did. They bury them mm-hmm. with the... the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they can like look into your soul and stuff. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Susumi. Have you ever tried to look into her soul? It's black. That is the cutest cat. She's so, like, just not even caring about anything. <laughs> I love her. All right, so after all the organs were placed in these special jars, um, the body was clean and dried, uh, rubbed with essential oils. Like, I don't know. Not, not they just like want the, to moisturize you so you look yeah. snatched with <laughs> the underworld. And um, they packed up the body um, with sand dust and rags. Uh, the cuts were all sealed with wax. And it, I mean, the body was, I mean, it looked preserved. I wonder. They've excavated some of these things, you know? Yeah. And the, bod- the bodies are like fairly well preserved. Yeah. Considering they died like. I, 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 no, 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 and yeah, that's true. That's true, mm-hmm. though, because when we dig up and find a lot of these things, it's like, okay, well, you know, your average burial probably today in twenty years, it'll definitely just be dust, or you know, the way it should be, or, or bones. You know, it's just mm-hmm. bones. But anyway, um, a death mask was also placed on the um, face after and um, and the bandages after the body was already um, wrapped, and they wrapped the body in like um, twenty layers of linen. Um, Jesus Christ! Yeah, so this was a, this was like death 
death was very like important it was it was dead it was very important for them to preserve the dead oh oh i can see it's just yeah Okay. Okay. Y'all can probably hear all of that. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um. So in this, our our new studio is not as quiet as the other studio, but that's okay. It's better. It is definitely better. Um. Lastly, the mummy was placed in its decorated mummy case uh, slash coffin. And uh, there was an opening of the mouth ceremony. And so the opening of the mouth ceremony um, as part of the funeral, a priest would touch various parts of the mummy with a special instrument to open those parts of the body to the senses enjoyed in life and needed in the afterlife. So pretty much the priest would like touch the mouth and that'll like grant the deceased you know, taste in the afterlife. And they'll, you know, uh, you know, touch, touch their the eyes, eyes give them sight, sight, ears, and things like that. So like, oh, that's that's kind of dope. That's very... Wow, and they were a priest? Yeah. Just mm-hmm. like a spiritual leader. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, and then, yeah, so that's kind of what I found out about. I mean, yeah. I just have to, Talk like, can we research. rewind really quick? Listen, <laughs> I need to... Shut up. I need to go back again and just say, Kansas is a state. <laughs> I like how I was trying to troll Trump, and I ended up trolling myself. God damn. Kansas is a state. Okay. Kansas anyway, what did you find, my love? Okay, stop shimmying. Okay. Well, your double Ds. <laughs> here's the thing. Um... I got a little bit lazy. Did you? Okay, because you had a whole six weeks, but all oh, right. Oh, okay, she's coming counting. It's fine. Um, I took a Roman religions course last semester. Okay. But Roman religion is heavily based on Greek mythology and religion. Okay. So I'm like, instead of me trying to go find some new shit, I'm just going to go <laughs> look gonna, at my notes. We're going to recap. From last semester. And okay. Stuff. So um, let's get into it. First of all, everything you said about Egypt really makes sense mm-hmm. because according to Greco-Romans, so the Greek and Greeks and they Romans, they were very related, yeah. They mm-hmm. viewed Egypt as an ancient culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Rome in Greece, in Rome for Roman for the for Roman Greek Greece, they often borrowed a lot of ideas from Egypt. Yes, yes. In fact a lot of Roman ancient Roman cults that you had appearing during um, the time of the Roman um, Republic and Empire. Mm-hmm were actually Egyptian. Like, you had the cult of Isis, which popped up in Rome, and Isis was an Egyptian goddess. Mm. So you had, yeah, yeah. You had this mm-hmm. sort of um, exchanging of knowledge. Yes. But oftentimes yes. when you look at Greek texts, you have reference to Persians. Um, the Roman texts have um, reference to Persians. Yeah. Um, Egyptians and Ethiopians. Yes. And Nubians. Yes. So that was this great, as yeah. far as the Middle East and Northern, um, Eastern Africa, mm-hmm. that was, you had this great sharing of knowledge. Yeah. So Greek, Greek, um, Greco-Roman ideas of the afterlife are fairly similar. So it's so it. funny you say that. Yeah. Cause like yeah. after, you know, looking into everything, Greek and Greece did pop up a lot. And, mm-hmm. um, and I also did a, were, I, for another episode that we're going to be doing, I was doing a lot of research about Ethiopia, and yeah, they also yeah. were diving into oh, that. And, uh, Greece was very heavily <coughs> um, influenced by. A I lot mean, of when this. you consider the fact that when you have Rome, 
that's when 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 Rome becomes an empire under Caesar Augustus, you have Rome sort of take over Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was during the time of Cleopatra. Trying to give you a, a view of how ancient Egypt is, mm. Cleopatra is closer to our time than she is to the building of the Great Pyramids. Really? Yes. Cleopatra is about two thousand years ago. The Great Pyram- the Pyramids of Giza were built. Um, about like 2500 to 3000 BC. Wow. So to Cleopatra, those pyramids were 2000, 3000 right. years before her time. Wow. And that was during right during the beginning of the Roman Empire. So mm-hmm. Egypt is very ancient, mm. extremely ancient. Yeah. I believe the only other um, civilizations really truly like technically ad- advanced, as I guess we'd call them civilizations. I know that you also have that in India. Um, with their Hindu um, tradition and stuff that mm-hmm. date back. Um, yeah, those do date back well. very far back um, too. But let's get into, I guess, the Roman ways of, of things. So, um, well, here's one thing I found out: Roman tombs were sort of built similar to Egypt in the way that Roman tombs were basically dedicated to a family. In um, Roman religion, oh, so when, a whole family had a tomb. Yes, well, okay. a whole a whole family they have like these gravestones that they'll bury. Mm-hmm. So you'd have sort of like let's say a burial site dedicated to a family. Um, in Rome, women couldn't own property, mm. so technically the tomb would be that of the husband or mm. the matriarch, the patriarch of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, on the tomb, they um, listed the size of the gravestone, which I guess was important. The bigger the gravestone, the bigger mm. um, the more status. You Look at that. Um, also your family and your property which included your slaves because Rome mm. was a slave society a majority of Roman citizens hash, you know, quote mm-hmm. citizens were slaves um, but one of the pervading Roman ideas is of ghosts and the idea that people need to be buried properly or their souls are basically left to wander mm-hmm. um, the earth mm-hmm. so you have many um, um, aspects of Roman mythology where they're basically saying um, you the reason you have this ghost wandering is because this person may have died somewhere where he's unreachable mm. and because like of that, the killer got him let's say the killer got him more than likely an accident okay something that um, let him perish at sea mm. or in some remote area nobody could get to him so basically he's now wandering because of the fact that he um, He's basically left to be a wandering soul because mm-hmm. he can't. He's stuck. I really, wandering. I, and I really wanted to uh, look into a little bit more about ghosts because what the fuck? I know it's they crazy. exist, and I've seen my dad before. I've seen my dad. Um, Marley sees ghosts. It's <laughs> shut up. I was his spirit or his aura or his energy, but I definitely parents, saw it. My parents, and he was wearing like, like that too. an outfit and everything that I've seen him wear, wear before. My parents. I was awake. See their parents too. Yeah. Oh, it's well, they said cool. they were sleeping. Oh. <laughs> well, I've seen him in my sleep too. <laughs> it's called schizophrenia. <laughs> I hate okay. You. So let's get into this idea of the underworld, um, because there's a whole book called the Aeneid. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, which is basically the journey of a warrior through mm. um, the underworld. So when you let's try to set the underworld, okay? Okay, let's so, set it. In the Roman underworld, you have this idea of the river Styx. So when you go to the river Styx, you have Charon, who is cons- considered the soul guide. He's on a boat. Yes, I know. Yes. Okay, yes. Uh-huh. He's on a boat. 
and he is basically they say a hateful passage because I guess he's he could be very hateful to mm. I guess souls that he might not like. But what he does is basically he basically transports the souls of the departed across the river. Mm. Um, so you go there and you have to gain entrance into this boat. Like he mm. can say. Well, your ass is going to be wandering forever. He doesn't have to let you on his boat, which is why I think he might have been referred to as hateful, mm. as a hateful passage. Um, but basically, that's the first thing that you'll get to. But to give you this sort of dichotomy of these two areas, you have this one thing, which is called the fields of mourning. So the fields of mourning, those are for the souls um, whom they say ruthless love died waste away. Mm. It's people who are sort of they've had their heart broken yeah. in some way and they're forever stuck for eternity um, with a broken heart with a broken heart so basically oh. in death they're still grieving oh. so after they've passed away their troubles aren't over they're basically still in this sort of grieving phase yeah. where they feel sorry and they have a lot of spite and they have a lot of hatred um, oh. and actually in A-Need, I believe the word, he meets a woman. I wish I could get their names down, but I read the story. <laughs> but he meets a woman who basically killed herself oh. because he left um, after he had promised her marriage. Oh. And when he meets her in the afterlife, she ignores him. She basically just turns away and he's crying and pleading and trying to explain what he did and why he did it, but she wouldn't speak to him. Really? And she's one of those souls in the fields of mourning where she's forever bitter about it. Oh. And even though she's passed away, she's still angry at him. Isn't that so cool? So that it's was Anid and Anid is the, the boat? Uh, or no, Anid is just the story. Oh, the story. Okay. It's the story, but um, this is just uh, one of the areas of the underworld. Oh, okay. Got it, got yes. it. And so the other area of the underworld is Ellison Fields. This is sort of the opposite. You have where good, it's a good and great place. So it's ruled by a man called Radan Manthus, I believe. But it's basically the um, land of eternal sunlight and rosy meadows. Oh. So Sounds a lot fun. of the people you meet there, because interestingly, in Roman mythology, you have such a big... Um, like they have such a great um it um they have a really great love for a lot of their past poets and, and teachers. Oh. So in this book you would see some of those figures in. come up in this okay. area. So the man who wrote it um is basically saying that these great people, this is mm. where they are now. Oh, that um, would be a great place to go like to listen to like Yeah. You know. I mean to me all the concepts are interesting because like I mean you mm -hmm. go there and you meet these people and that's great, but uh mm -hmm. it's supposed to be eternal. I don't exactly know how uh I don't exactly know the intricacies of uh what being eternal means <laughs> in, in, you know, or like how um they might view it in the long run, but either way. Um, but that's just like two sides of this hell place. But um, you also have well, it's not hell; it's afterlife. Yeah. Okay, they underworld. They actually right, call right. it the underworld, but there's like it's like there's like it could be both. Yeah, it could good, be good underworld and good bad. Yeah, okay. so it doesn't specifically mean hell. Um, and you also have this idea that um, a need is souls of people as recyclable. Mm. So you have reincarnation. Elaborate. You have reincarnation that comes up. Okay. And so in this, um, in the book, when he gets to this area with souls, the man who's with him is basically saying his guide is like, these are the souls of warriors past and present. Mm. So what's um, past, present, and future. Mm -hmm. So he's like, some of the souls here are 
people who are in the future. These are warriors that are going to bring Rome to victory. These are warriors that are going to be great for the Roman people. Mm. And also here you have the souls of of great warriors that are departed. You know, people who helped establish Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, people like Romulus, who I think they believe was like the sort of, for Romans, I was like their founder. Okay. Um, people like that are con- included in these in this area. But you actually also have this idea of like people sort of like soul searching. So you have this river oh. of souls and you have people who are like begging to be reincarnated because they oh. didn't live their life the way they wanted. And it's like, oh. they can't do it. That's sad. They can't get to it. But then you have these people who have passed away and they kind of get that chance to redeem themselves. Mm -hmm. And then you have great warriors who basically have this decision. Do I want to come back and, you know, relive my glory in in some future time, whatever it is. But that's Mm. all the concept of reincarnation. That souls are constantly recycled. They're in this river and they flow. And they <laughs> you should see him. Like he looks like he's hula dancing. <laughs> yeah, but and they flow, and, and they, they flow. flow. But um, <laughs> also, what I was gonna say is, I'm taking a class now, which kind of has a lot to do with medieval and the Renaissance mm-hmm. Europe. And one thing that's so interesting about Renaissance era Europe is that oh, I know it was so interesting. It was so interesting. Mm-hmm. But basically, Very. the Renaissance. You have these three periods in, like, sort of European history. You have antiquity, mm-hmm. which is basically the um, Greco-Roman era. era. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Middle Ages or the Dark Ages. That's where a lot of people consider um, ideas to step back. People oh, okay. are becoming more superstitious. Right. That's when the church takes over. You have right. the Holy Roman Empire, which right. is not quite like the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. And um, the Black Death. It's a terrible time in European history. Um and then you finally have the Renaissance. And the Renaissance starts off in Italy. And so during the Renaissance, it's where you have these Italian thinkers and poets mm-hmm. look back at antiquity. So they're looking back at Rome. They're looking mm-hmm. back at Greece. And they're saying, that was our golden age in Italy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look back and think back of, to those ideas and those poets. Mm-hmm. And basically, that's when they considered anything between um, the Holy Roman Empire and I think about the 13th century, the 1200s, they basically labeled that the Dark Ages. This is where oh, we fell back into darkness. But during the Renaissance, it's where you have this boom in art, oh, right. this boom in idea, science, math, right, theology, right. which basically swept through Italy all throughout mm-hmm. Europe. And it was during that time where you have Dante's Inferno written. So Dante's Inferno is almost like the A need, but written mm. in, the, in the time of the Renaissance. And um, Dante's Inferno what comes up is that you have rungs of hell so rungs of hell it's such an interesting concept when you have rungs of hell because it's sort of like that journey through the underworld Mm. in these rungs of hell one thing that you have a lot of italian poets and thinkers do is they take classic roman and greek poets and they put them in hell they don't put them in heaven, but it's so interesting that they have levels to hell. They yeah. put them in the highest level of hell, which is literally nothing. It's not even like you're suffering. It's basically a place where you chill and hang out. Oh, but, oh yeah. But the only reason they're doing that is because, interestingly, when the Renaissance happens, Europe is Christian. Italy is now Christian. Okay. When these things were written, like the Aeneid and a lot of those classic Greek poets, 
they're not Christian because they're in an era before Christianity. Right, right. Way so basically, before. it's basically a way for the Renaissance um, authors and poets and thinkers to, to reconcile those ideas. Make and it be their like, own. Yeah, it's yeah. basically a way for them to be like, I don't want to put these people in hell and say they're burning. Right. But they can't be in heaven because they never accepted Jesus oh, as Lord and Savior. That's crazy. But they were also from before Jesus. Yeah. So we're just going to put them in this sort of um, um, level of hell where, okay. where it's like great. And they have a very high regard for some of these poets like Livy. Um, Pliny, those are like ancient Greek poets. And so it's like such a really interesting thing when you read Dante's Inferno. Because you can really see the cusp of the Renaissance in Italy, Hmm. in Europe, where they're definitely looking back at their Greco-Roman past. Yeah. And they're saying, I want to take a lot of that. I feel like in a lot of religions and a lot of... um, I mean, obviously they all stem from one thing. And I think that they've all become like a whole bunch of different things Mm -hmm. as far as religion and afterlife and, you know, the underworld and all these things go. But they all like at some point or another just reinvent themselves and just, you know. And then I feel like people or like over time, you know, like you said, people will make it their own and like, mm-hmm. no, there's not just one hell there. It's, or there's purgatory, which I, yes. I heard about that. And mm-hmm. then I was just like, okay. So, you know what, like really just for me, what makes me so so curious about the whole thing is like, after all is said and done, who's true? Who's is who's is right? And what is like, what is really what is really going to happen? Do you have to believe in that religion in order for your afterlife to be the way that it's been described in this? Or do you have to believe in a different religion in order for it to be described? Because if it was for me? Oh, I don't know. I think an Egyptian like (laughs) funeral would be kind of dope. But I, d- I don't want to be mummified because, like, yeah. I don't want my brains to be scraped out. Like, I'd like, well, but you know what? I am so an or- organ donor. So, um, like, you I know, but anyway, hey, um, so, <laughs> like, who's, they, who's I just, right I, like, what's right? What, you know, well, and, and is, is, is anybody right? Who knows? You we, know? we don't know until we die. Um, but I will We're going to come, well, we, we, I was going to say we did venture to the afterlife, but no, I guess we're talking as like alive people now. Alive um, people. Whenever I look <laughs> oh at a lot God. of these ancient texts, no, I don't believe that there's rungs of hell. I don't. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a very practical person. And I'm just going to be honest. I don't necessarily believe in the concept of hell or heaven, so whatever. But I do look at these very interestingly. One thing about the ancients is that for them, everything is about. It's so much about what you're bringing with the afterlife to you mm. it's like your life it's um but also your property mm-hmm. because even though we'll get into this a, lo- a little later um there are ancient african societies that i'm going to get into a little later um during sort of medieval times you have the Ibo uku which is a um a medieval um i think iron society iron mm. smelting society which is in nigeria modern day Ibo land and they excavated graves from there, I believe, in the nine, 1930s. Mm-hmm. But these grave sites date back to the 900s, mm-hmm. like 900 AD, thou- over a thousand years ago. And so they buried um, some of the ancient Ibo Uku kings um, or rulers, um, chiefs, with so much property, with beads, with um, elephant tusks. Mm. With They were dressed fully, and they were also seated up. Mm. They, they buried their king seated upright mm. but also 
was the, what they found in those grave sites were four other people buried face down. Mm. And what they believe was that those people were subjects of this ruler and were more than likely buried alive. Mm-mm. So it was basically like when this ruler died, their all their property, which includes these attendees and servants, mm-hmm. were buried with them. That's so wild. And this wild. is a pre-Christian Nigeria. This is a this is a traditional ancient right. African society that has not been influenced in any way by the West. You know, this is mm-hmm. their own ideas of, of the afterlife. And I'm going to get into that more um, next week. But it's just really interesting mm. to think of, like, what was maybe... What were those sermons going through? Mm-hmm. Were they was their subject? Was their mindset right? Like, what was their afterlife going to be like? Well, Are they going to be servants in the afterlife? In the afterlife to the king. So and also, like, would they willingly and happily do these things, or was it like a like? I mean, how do you bury people alive willingly? You just mm. like knock them out and throw them in there? I don't know. That's it's pretty crazy. wild. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, I absolutely love talking about this kind of stuff. Like, it's just, I love thinking, and it definitely is something that makes me think. Um, But with that being said, um, I think we should dive into a little bit of a Zen segment. Quantum physics with Marley. Hey, guys. All right. So we're going (laughs) to... We're going to dive into a little bit of a Zen segment. Um, don't want to leave you guys without any spiritual guidance for the next week. Um, I'm going to be talking about the crown chakra. And this is the last Zen segment I'm going to do about chakras because um, I think I've pretty much touched on all of them over the past couple episodes. Um, But I'd also like to introduce some more new segments to you guys, um, which I'm still up in the air about. But if you tune in next week, you'll find out what our new segment is going to be. We're actually going to be throwing out a couple of different segments. um, And we're going to try and just just mix it up for you guys so you've you've got something else to listen to not just our general you know zen segment and then uh pop culture segment we want to kind of mix it up for you guys either way crown chakra we're going to be talking about the crown chakra now this is um (laughs) i just drew a brank a brank it's um (laughs) The crown chakra, it's also known as the um, Sahasrara. 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 All right. Um, and uh, it's located at, uh, well, it's actually your pineal gland. So it's kind of like, that's located in your brain, obviously. But um, the chakra itself is kind of like the crown of your head, like maybe a little bit above. Okay. You know? It's what makes you a queen. Yeah, exactly. Or a king. Or a king. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly again. All right. So um, this is kind of like the gift of um, uh, the ability ex- to experience unity and uh, self-realization that everything is connected. And just kind of like that that like peace of, of mind, just knowing that like, you know, when you just feel like, hi, you know what? Everything's going to be cool. I feel like that that's kind of like a really big element that the crown chakra um it's like comfort. Yeah. Everything's going to be okay. But not 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 per se, but it's just like that kind of calm. You know like that like a peace of mind. Just yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That, thank you. Peace of mind. Um uh there's no intellectual knowing at this level. It's just joy and serenity and peace about life. Like 
in general. Crown chakra. Cool. All right. Um, some things that'll, you know, inform you that it's imbalanced or clues that you can look for uh, would be like any kind of muscular disease. Yeah, I know. I was like, hmm, okay, that's interesting. Uh, chronic exhaustion. Yo, I need to get with uh, my crown chakra. We need to have a little discussion because honestly, I have been ridiculously tired lately for no reason. And it's just, yeah. So I need to get a, I need to get some work in on this crown chakra. <laughs> um, feelings of isolation or like emotional distress. Um, feeling abandoned by like, you know, the world or whatever higher power you believe in, things like that. That kind of like disconnect will always let you know too um, that you can always like, you know, you might need to put in a little work on your on your crown chakra and ways to do that, of course. What? Ways to do what? <laughs> to balance your chakras. Coke? You got it! <laughs> okay. I'm just playing. Stupid. Meditation, <laughs> y'all. Per usual. Chanting. Is this one om? of those five hour meditation things? It, no, but you there's I, I kind of found a little bit something uh, uh, something a little bit more precise. Um, when you are meditating, you can chant Om. Oh. Yeah, because oh there's God. there's different ways to like um, or different sounds and things that we can make that will help align like mm -hmm. our frequency yes. and that that Om is one of the ways to do that. So. Uh, cardio exercises are, are also really good for kind of um, helping ba balance out that crown chakra. So you have to get into the gym. Uh, you don't have to be. And so like, so deep breaths are also a really good way to, um, you know, why are you doing that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> deep breaths. I think deep breaths help with everything though. Like whenever I feel overwhelmed or like I'm not like centered or present in any moment, I always take a couple deep breaths. Um, that that always helps a lot. But um, those are just a couple things. That's the last of the crown, I mean the chakras series. How about hallucinogenics? For Marley. Because uh, you know how some people say like they take weed or shrooms and it helps open the mind? Yeah, it definitely does. But I feel like there's some, I don't know. Because I feel like anything that we think of in our head is real. You know what I mean? Like it's just, although we can't, some things don't manifest themselves in like our present day. But I feel like if we're sleeping, like when we sleep, th that's our reality. But when we're awake, that's also our reality. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, I don't know. I think hallucinog hallucinogenics. Jetics. Say it. Hallucinogenics. Hallucinogenics. Genics. Drugs make you feel. <laughs> Not just any drugs, though. Drugs, yeah. The good ones. Listen. There's nobody under 18 listening to this anyway. But, um, um yeah. <laughs> so anyway, guys, uh, that'll be all for this segment. I hope you guys enjoyed um, our afterlife experience. <laughs> or talk about experience and, yeah, all that great stuff. Yeah, it was a pretty well-researched episode. I liked it. Yeah, I, I did I did my, my homework, although I don't know that Kansas is a state. Kansas is a state. Kansas is a state. I'm pretty sure it's near Oklahoma. <laughs> That's going on a shirt. <laughs> Kansas oh is God. a state. I'm pretty sure it's near Oklahoma, right? Dear God, huh? 
Kansas is near Oklahoma, right? Kansas is near us. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Somewhere. I know Kansas. Well, is look, in, Kansas we're not going to get into get demographics because then I'm. I did I say de- geographics? Is Kansas Jesus, in um, is Africa? Who is Kansas in Africa? Oh, are you trying to make me sound smarter? Ooh. Okay. Either way, <laughs> yeah, guys. So. Anyway, thanks for Thank listening. You so much. Um, tune in for our mini episode. We'll be dropping this Thursday, and we'll give you some previews along with that. Be sure to follow us on our social medias. Yes. And like and share and make all your other friends and people follow us on our social medias if they too. If you don't want to follow us, just take the gun out. Uh, what? Point it at them. Listen. And get them. To listen. Okay, okay, great. I don't know why they would want to listen to a girl and a gay, but whatever. Oh, God, the day. Love it. Anyway, okay. Bye. Have a great week, guys. Talk to you soon.